Welcome to the Patriot Pastor Podcast. We're coming to you live from the farthest Sunday school class in Lee Creek Baptist Church at the site of the 2022 Preachers of Grace Conference. And I'm joined here with my usual co-host, Wade Lentz. You preached in the conference last night and then stuck around like good preachers should after they preach and just not get on their jet right. and fly back. I appreciate you being gracious and staying around. And um, we're joined by our, I guess, he would consider us a friend. I mean, we consider him a friend. <laughs> and we're joined with Alan Nelson. You probably know him as Quattro Alan Nelson, the fourth. And we're going to take about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes and just talk about the local church, because I think it kind of gets overshadowed in what's going on today. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, there's so many issues going on in our country and our country is in a mess to say the least, but really the, reason our country is in such a mess is because of the churches that we have in America are in a mess and speaking specifically the local New Testament church and that's our topic we have Alan Nelson with us and he is a local church pastor he loves the Lord and he loves the Lord's church and uh so that's that's our topic yeah you guys know that uh I'm I'm Southern Baptist I love the Southern Baptist Convention, but we're in a terrible, we're in a terrible mess right now. Something that, uh, something that your listeners won't know, but that, that you guys know, you know, Harold, Harold had to call me and talk to me and love, you know, a couple months ago and just like, Hey man, you're letting that, you're letting that assume you too much. And I might, uh, I don't tell nobody. I might start out the introduction with this i don't know but i sitting here tonight listen we just finished a phenomenal message from brandon white which capped off a great day of preaching and, uh, this goes back to what wade was preaching on too but uh, you know i thought about in a million years the saints around the throne they might write a new song uh, called no one cares <laughs> and it'll be to the tune of jesus saves <laughs> and the first verse might go something like this what about the SBC? No, no one cares. cares. No, no one cares. cares. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm going to tell you what they could put the PCA, they could put the BMA, they could put the ABA. And just, uh, just to be, uh, 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 fair, they could put the POG in there too. Mm -hmm. Because what we'll care about in a million years is the church. Now you understand, I'm not saying that none of these things. I love preachers of grace. I love preachers of grace. Sure. I'm not saying that these things are not awesome uh ways that that god furthers his mission by coming alongside and aiding but but the local church is where it's at now, i got yeah. a question for you guys before we really get rolling song of solomon y'all take how do y'all how do y'all take y'all take the allegory or what i unhooked the old testament from my bible years oh, ago come on, come on. <laughs> <Old> stanley <laughs> how do i take it what like do you take it like you take it as an allegory of Christ in the church or, or how do you, or how do you, you just take it about husband and wife or? No, I think you can make some allegories there. And I, but I think you can do that throughout the old Testament. I don't know what kind of hermeneutic that means I have <laughs> the good one or the bad one, but well, you're in agreement as far as Song of Solomon goes, you're in agreement with John Gill. That's not a bad place to be, but I'm going to read Song of Solomon 115 and I'm going to say no matter where somebody lands on this i think the application uh i think the application still stands so let me turn here in my 
my copy of the Word of God. I went too far. He didn't stop me. Wade, do you know where Song of Solomon is? You don't have an index Bible at this point in your ministry? No. Aren't you a seminary graduate? (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Finally, he got it. Song of Solomon. Yeah, but he got his degree from the strip mall. (laughs) Song of Solomon, 115. This is what Solomon says. Behold, you are beautiful, my love. Behold, you are beautiful. Now, now some would take that as straight allegory, okay? And some would say, no, that's only talking about the husband, Thomas' wife. Fine, I don't care which side you're taking on. Can we not say, even if you do just take it only as the husband talking about his, uh, his wife, can you not see that if an earthly groom thinks that about his bride, yeah. what does Christ think well, about his church? Take the message that um, Michael Sanchez preached to us this morning. From Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And Christ laying down his life that he might present himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. It's the same New Testament wording that's being used here in Song of Solomon. And I agree the the local church is beautiful. And one of the people and a lot of people, I just assumed everybody had heard of Jeff Noblet. Have you heard of Jeff Noblet? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I've talked to several people in the conference. I mentioned Jeff Noblet. Who's he? Jeff Noblet is the pastor of Grace Life Church of the mm-hmm. Shoals, formerly First Baptist Church Muscle Shoals. But he operates a ministry called Anchored in Truth, and they hold a conference every year called the True Church Conference. Mm-hmm. And they emphasize the local church. And the first time I went to that conference, I went, man. They're making a big deal about the local church. I mean, way bigger than anything I'd heard. I'd always been Southern Baptist. You know, I'd always heard about the kingdom. It's all kingdom work. They were going, no, it's all local church. And that, that, that just kind of threw me off, mm-hmm. you know, not in a bad way, but like, I, I think I've missed something. And so then that really started me on examining what this local church does. Is it important? And as I just, the more I studied, the more I realized I'd missed it for most of my life. And um, it's beneficial. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're kind of like, hey, you guys have sparked my interest. If you can find anything from Anchored in Truth or the True Church Conference or Jeff Noblet, it's going to be very good on the local church. Well, push back on me if you want, but I would I would say this. The only institution that's going to be around in five million years is the local church. Yeah. Now, some people would say, whoa, 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 whoa. no. Preacher, don't don't you read your Bible? It ain't the local church in heaven. It's the universal church. Yes, well, and I'm it's a- listed in in Hebrews. Yeah, <laughs> the first the, the the church of the firstborn. I think yeah. is what it's called. Well, I'm going to say to you that church in heaven ain't invisible. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and so I think in a sense we could say the local church and the universal church uh, become one. You know, in uh, the universal in, in church becomes the local church. Amen. Yeah, we come. We're, we're there. And, and so the, the, the admonition that I want to give and I want to, and you guys know, I'm not speaking as one who's, uh, who's on my high horse and got this all perfect. Uh, I'm giving an admonition to myself, but to you guys and to our, and to your listeners as well. And that is we, we've got to spend more focus on the local church. If, yeah. if Christ thinks the local church is beautiful, despite her, and by the way, he thinks they're beautiful because they're, as we heard tonight, the gospel preached from Brandon. He thinks they're beautiful because they're clothed in his radiant mm-hmm. garbs. Yeah. They're clothed in his righteousness. And, uh, and so the local church is the institution. It is the vehicle. And I'm not saying, 
hey, I'm here at Preachers of Grace. Hey, I'm here on a podcast. I'm not saying these man-made things aren't beneficial and right. helpful, but if they are not serving the local church, right? If they're trying to lead uh, or stand over or above the local church, right? Then they become a hindrance, and uh, it's not it's not where our focus. Probably. Well, and, and and I agree with you. Uh, and Wade and I have said it multiple times on this podcast. You know, we don't wish you a will on the Southern Baptist Convention. We think a healthy Southern Baptist Convention makes a better America and therefore a better world. We 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 would love to see the the missionaries they send out on fire, well funded, going around the world preaching the gospel. But at the same time, it's really the local church that matters. We've got to put everything in context. The Southern Baptist Convention can fall apart. All five seminaries can fall apart. The North American Mission Board can fall apart. But the Lord built his church, and it must prevail. It will prevail because he built it. Let me ask you this, Alan. If the pastor is lacking in his knowledge of the doctrine of the church, what's some good material? What would you recommend for a pastor to use? Uh, Ephesians. And, uh, <laughs> no, I, oh, yeah. 81 sermons in and now you're saying that's it. <laughs> the I, New I, Testament, you know, uh, here, here's one thing I'll say. Uh, for, first, I will say about the Bible and I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of being funny, but also I'm, I'm trying to be serious about that because the Bible is saturated with the local church. And some people, it's, it's like you're, uh, okay. It's the, the literal expression. It's like you're in a forest and you're like, well, I don't see no trees here. You know, you're like, That's what do true. you mean? You're, you're, they're all around you, yep. you know? And, uh, and, and, and so the, the point is the local church is everywhere. All these one another's we think about and we try to apply it to the, to the universal church and all that. But, but really you think about as these letters are written to these, these local congregations, they weren't, they weren't really going to see people around. No, the universal church can't greet one another with a holy kiss. Yeah. That's right. So I think being serious about studying the New Testament. Then I would say this, we just made this, we just made this, uh, comment coming in here, but, uh, I picked up, uh, Dag's book on, on the church, John L. Dag, and, uh, we need to read some of these older dead guys on the church. I'm talking about Baptist guys now. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Presbyterians do not have the church right. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. Uh, the, uh, Nor do the Methodist. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause well, I mean, <laughs> hey, if you go with a Methodist view of ecclesiology, They'll send you a woman pastor and her wife if you're not careful. SBC yeah. <laughs> might encourage that too. <laughs> but but I seriously read read these old guys like Benjamin Keach, yeah. like William Kiffin, um, Nehemiah Cox, some of these guys that you probably hadn't heard of because here's the reality. The Presbyterians, I think they've always had more money than the Baptists, but they're really good. Well, they taxed us Baptists. <laughs> you really- remember until we won our our our, our freedoms from Britain. We we were Baptist and we had to pay taxes to whatever colony, whatever religion the colony picked. And yeah, some of these guys. Uh, so so I'm just saying that their publishing arm is way ahead of of where where we're at, you know. But but some of the you know one of the obviously you guys know Free Grace Press with Jeff Johnson. I love what they're doing a Reformed Baptist publishing, and they put out what they call. You gave us one. I don't remember the title. You've given us a couple of different. I've ones. given you everyone that's been printed. Baptist reprints. Yeah. They, Baptist uh, distinctive series. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a great place to look at because man, those guys are hitting all cylinders, what we're talking yeah. about. And they're Baptist and they, and here's the deal. I, I told people about that little series. 
Um, it's kind of like the Puritan paperbacks. Yeah. They just don't have the popularity because. Well, Baptists were preachers. Presbyterians yeah. were writers. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's what we are known for is preaching. Our, our work has primarily been done in, in the preaching ministry, but that doesn't mean that we're not educated. Just like that great message we just heard from Brandon White. You heard all sorts of deep doctrinal subjects, but only discussed from a verse by verse. Uh, you know, where he would just read a verse that, that would speak to, uh, limited atonement. He would just read a verse that spoke to, uh, depravity or that spoke to, uh, you know, any other doctrine in salvation, but he wouldn't be using those, those terms like you would hear from Sproul who would give it to you in the Latin and then, uh-huh. you know, and, and tell you what Erasmus said. Baptists have been more people of the book historically and yeah. their sermons have been more biblically, uh, astute than just um well they, they've kind of been treated a lot of them have just been treated as just and we're still kind of treated as a uh, you just strip mall yeah baptist you know yeah, right but but the reality is and, and i want to be clear i am so grateful i look forward we're going to see rc sprawl in heaven i'm grateful oh, sure for his work you know and, and all the presbyterians and others and in uh anglican you know i love george whitfield you know and sure we're, i'm so grateful for those but but we're we're saying that when it comes to the local church, they just got it wrong. Yeah. And it's not insignificant. Yeah. And it's very important because Christ loves his local church. And so these doctrines, these Baptist distinctives that we hold so, uh, so, so dear, regenerate church membership, yeah. you know, uh, believers baptism. And by the way, I'll say this. We love believers baptism, not just because it's in the Bible. Of course we love it because it's in the Bible, but because believers, are ba- uh, believers baptism adorns the gospel like no other right. mode of baptism. We, right. we don't just, we're not exalting above the gospel. We see believers baptism as a means of commending yeah. and illustrating, symbolizing. You the know, gospel. I get in these arguments sometimes with Presbyterians and they'll be like, does your church ever let the congregation make a decision? I'm like, Oh yeah, all the time. Well, I wouldn't do that. Only elders can make decisions. I'm like, but your church is full of lost people. Our church is only made up of those who have professed faith in Christ and been baptized. Why can't people who have the mind of Christ and are filled with the spirit of God all come together and collectively make a decision? That's a difference in the way we view the local church. Is it a group of people who were baptized on their infancy because their family uh, held to Christian values? Or is it a group of people who've been redeemed from the curse who Christ has died for and they've stood forward in public and said, Jesus Christ is my savior and I identify with him voluntarily in baptism. And we lower them under the water, symbolizing their death and their burial. And we resurrect them to walk in newness of life. And these are the people that constitute a true local church, saved people that identified publicly with Christ, the way Christ publicly identified with us. And circling back, I just want to say, all that we said, like, because Christ thinks the church is beautiful, it ought to be our endeavor to, um, live out the reality of that, that beautifulness, that beauty in the local church. Like, because Christ thinks we're beautiful, it doesn't mean that we sit back and we say, well, we're just beautiful. We don't, yeah. oh, it's not, it, you know, it's like justification and sanctification, right? It's our positional holiness. Sure. We see that. Um, but now we want to live that out and we want the church. We want to strive. We want to work. We want to labor. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing that, that, that I, I'm getting passionate about and that you're, you know, push back with me and try to help me. And I want you guys still hold me accountable on this, but it's like Perryville Second Baptist Church needs to be on 
the absolute primary focus for me. That's going to, and, and, and that's like each pastor that's listening to this, like, I know you're thinking about, I know you're thinking about opportunities to preach at a conference. I know you're thinking about, you know, opportunities to, to maybe climb the denominational ladder. We all think that because we're men. And in some senses, there's a manly desire that it's, that I'm not going to say is wicked. Now it can easily be turned to wicked, but there's a manly desire to, to you want to be a man of courage and impact. And, yeah, okay. you, you want your ministry to have its greatest Influence. effect possible yeah. for the glory of Christ. Right. But, but don't let those things overshadow the priority of the local church that Christ sees as beautiful yeah. and that he's using right now. And, uh, and, and th- this is what comes back. Guys. I don't know. I'll, talk, I'll, I'll be quiet after this and let y'all talk, but no, Wade and I can talk anytime <laughs> you're here now. Uh, right now. The, uh, Alan Nelson show. <laughs> the 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 local church, if we believe the sufficiency of scripture, then we believe that the local church is God's plan A. It's when you see people, and I have no problem with mission organization. I don't, I don't, I understand, you know, but if you begin to say we have to have those things, then in order to plant churches, we have to have mission organization. Say, no, no, no. Um, only thing a mission organization should exist for is to come alongside and aid God's institution, which is the local church. Um, if we don't put local church at top of the line of God's plan for getting the gospel to the nations, then we are, we're not trusting sufficient scripture. And we've talked about this a ton. And I don't know where your listeners are, but you're, if you're an evangelist, if you're a missionary, if you're doing any kind of ministry work and you're not a, a member right. of a local church. Right. I counsel you, brother, to think through these things mm-hmm. and, and, to, and to rectify that as soon as possible. Sure. The conference that we hold here, I mean, I started it when I was the pastor here at Lee Creek. And when I resigned as pastor to go into this, this mission work where I work to revitalize churches, I'm still a member here at Lee Creek. If I get out of line, Lee Creek will call me into discipline. This conference is held here by the wishes of Lee Creek. Uh, I didn't say, hey, after I'm gone, we're going to keep doing this. No, it's the church's decision to host it here. And we're serving at the graces of Lee Creek Baptist Church and her pastor, Joseph Allen. And so that's what it means. You can have something like this conference, but it needs to be accountable to a church. If I get out of line or if the preaching goes awry or if the, the fellowship changes, Lee Creek is the one that says, no, no, we're local church. We pump the brakes. We stop this. Same way with any institution, whether it's a mission agency or a missionary or an evangelist. Grace Bible Theological Seminary is under the direction of Grace Bible Church in Conway. And that's in their constitution. If they ever cease to be doctrinally deficient, the church shuts them down. That's a high view of local church. Not that we don't have seminaries, not that we don't have conferences or fellowships. It's just that everything flows. It's the highest institution on the earth. Paul chastises the church at Corinth. He says, you're going before a judge and you could go before the church. Friends, I would only go before a church of baptized, redeemed, professing Christians. I wouldn't go before a judge made up of people who were baptized in infancy and have lived like the devil their whole life. <laughs> this is why local church matters. Right. And right. I wouldn't go on judge duty 
or any Judge Mathis or any of those Judge TV shows, but I would go before any church that was made up of baptized believers who profess faith in Christ and practice church discipline to ensure that the holiness and purity of that church was maintained, I would take any case I had before those Christians and trust them who have the mind of Christ and the spirit dwelling in them to make a better decision than 12 juries of my, uh, 12 jurors of my peers. Right. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. We've, we've kind of poked a little bit at the Presbyterians, but let's be honest. There are a lot of Baptist churches with a lot of rebellious people on their roles who said a prayer. And now they're out there in the uh, world. They're, they're not in the church. They're still in the role. And so I would encourage, I, I, you know, I, I don't know your listenership. I imagine it's probably more pastors than, you know, but whether you're a pastor or a lay person, what I want to say is your labors in trying to work through your church roles, even if they're terrible uh, and messy right now, it's worth it. Your, your labors in preaching, your labors in evangelism, all your labors within the local church, Christ loves them. Christ is with you, right? Behold, uh, I am with you, he says yeah. in the Great Commission. So what I want to say is because maybe I'm just saying this to encourage myself, but 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 every sermon, you know, you're preaching for the glory of Christ. Every every time you're you're trying to do hard things in your church, because church life is hard. By the way, you read the New Testament, you know it's New Testament says crazy things like Peter says things like show hospitality without grumbling. Now why does he say that? Why does he say show hospitality without grumbling? Because he knows Baptists, by the way, <laughs> he knows Baptists are apt to grumble and it's hard to show. And, and I'm saying that's in a local church context too, by the way, because I think, you know, early on they would meet in their houses and stuff. It's hard. It's hard to be hospitable. It's, it's, it's hard to do all things. Paul says in Philippians too, do all things, all things without grumbling or complaining. It's local church life can be hard. It's not just all rosy all the time. But what I'm saying is Jesus Christ, to return back to the song, song, Jesus Christ thinks it's beautiful. And so if Christ thinks it's beautiful, it's worthy of us giving our lives to even these things that are hard and to labor in. Um, you know, you've, I don't know how much you've talked about it on the, on the podcast, but, uh, you've been through difficult seasons here at Lee Creek. Wade, you've been at, in, in difficult seasons, uh, in your ministry. I've, I, uh, I preached through Philippians one time, got asked to leave a church, you know, it wasn't over just that, but, but, but I've been through difficult situations, but what I'm trying to encourage us, but go back and look at the bride and the bridegroom. Every marriage has had difficult seasons. Every marriage is probably, maybe not financial, but they've had maybe financial difficulties. Maybe they've just had growing pains. They've got a lot of children. You know, maybe it's, this is your responsibility. This is my responsibility. But we don't just go, well, hey, if it don't come easy, let it go. You know, we don't just divorce our wives because our marriage is difficult. No, if we love our wife and we're committed to her, as the Bible instructs a husband to be, we work and work and work to resolve that. And the husband lays down his life for the wife and the wife submits to her husband. And that relationship of not just quitting and giving up like the world does, that's the way they view marriage. The Christian views it this way. No, we're going to, 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 to work this out, to address it, uh, to make whatever change is necessary in our own personal lives to ensure the marriage works. The local church should be the same way. They should be working to fix the problems. Pastors, they shouldn't just every time, you know, I'm going somewhere else. I'm going somewhere better. Or the church going, I'm tired of him getting up there every Sunday and calling me a sinner. We're getting somebody else. 
No, we're the bride of Christ. You made a good point. You know, we live in a culture today that says you don't want a baby, kill it. You don't like your job, quit it. You don't want your marriage, end it. Yeah. You don't, you know, whatever you When's you the last time somebody worked 45 years at the same company? Yeah, that's right. You don't like the Supreme Court decision. I'll just come over here and I'll just do something. Try my own decision. Yeah. Right. No one wants authority. No one wants submission. And so one of the things that we can, you, you want to be a real culture warrior today. And I don't have a problem with that per se. Okay. But you want to be a real culture warrior. You want to be, you want to do, do you want to see good change in America? Give your life to the local church. Now I don't have a problem with Christian politicians. I hope we have more and I don't have a problem, but, but with, with, you know, getting out there and changing laws and all that and praise God, we ought to be doing all that. But if you're doing those things as an, as an American citizen, I'm saying, if you're doing those things and you've left the local church behind, then what you do, I, I'll, I'll say the, the, uh, words of uh of my five-year-old no one cares right like we started that the song off earlier like he, he's got a little uh he says he's got four older siblings so they get to rambling on something he don't he's tired he wants to play a game or watch he's tired of hearing him talk he says no one cares <laughs> you, know, you know and uh and and too many of us are are, are giving time to things that in a million years people are gonna say no one cares but a life that is given to the local church is one that matters eternally, even if you don't see all the fruit right now. Christ loves the church. I, I know you guys would agree with me. The reason why we're seeing such a low view of the church today is because the majority of people, even in the evangelical circle, have a low view of God. Yeah. If you have a low view of God, you're going to have a low view of Christ's bride. Yeah. And so you're talking about reading the dead guys, the old guys, um, yesteryear. The reason why they cherished the church so much is because they held to a high view of God. And we've lost that for the most part. A lot of people pick a church, particular church that they go to. I mean, there's, there's obviously there's two Baptist churches in Perryville because you pastor the second one. But here in Van Buren, there's probably a dozen Baptist churches. Why would they come here to Lee Creek, where I'm a member? Or why wouldn't they go to First Baptist? Nine times out of ten, this is what I hear. Why do you go to church there? Well, I like the music. They got stuff for my kids. You know, they make decisions on everything but the gospel is preached. God is glorified. I'm instructed in the word of God and growing in my sanctification. There's a church around here somewhere. Jeremy's telling about it. Cracked up. I might steal it. I might. We might rename Perryville Second Baptist. I think it might be in Fort Smith or something. It's called the Bod. And the Bod, Bod, the Bod. Like you're too cool to say body, so you just knock off the Bod. And they're doing a summer movie series. You know they are. And and it's just like you know why our churches are in the in the state that they're in is because we're we're not holding forth Christ. We're not saying. Look, here's Christ in his supremacy and, yeah, and sovereignty yeah. and holiness yeah. and sufficiency. We're saying, hey, come here and you can have a good time. Yeah. That message that Brandon preached tonight, we've referenced it several times. I mean, it was powerful, but he's in Smithville, Oklahoma at Indian Mission Baptist Church. And his church is growing, thriving, has a bunch of young people, a bunch of kids running around in it. And people are driving way out into the middle of nowhere. Because in the neighboring towns, there's nobody preaching what Brandon's preaching. And he's not preaching something new. He's preaching something old. Right. But he's the only one preaching it in his area. Yeah, I, I was thinking when he was preaching how 
animated he is. The old North Carolina style preaching. Yeah. And I was reading about how George Whitfield used to preach and he was passionate. Hear, hearing Benjamin Franklin uh, tell of, of Whitfield's preaching, I thought, I wonder if Whitfield preached like that. Yeah. If he preached passionately, he yeah. preached with conviction. And, and every time Whitfield would preach, he would always cry. Yeah. Legitimate, authentic tears for people to come to Christ. Y'all, my, my message tomorrow, Lord willing, y'all, uh, of course, this will, this will be passed out. No, we're going to put it out at midnight tonight. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, my, the, the message tomorrow is going to be the, the power uh, of the church, and the power of the church is the gospel. And uh, we're so grateful for brothers like you know, Whitfield and you know, Brandon in, in today's time and other, but all these, everybody, Wade, Wade, I, I know it's hard for you to say because you're the one that preached it, but your message was excellent last night. And we're really Really blessed by that. You got one of the things about preachers' grace, you see all these great gospel preachers, but we cannot move away from the fact that God don't need our preaching. It's the gospel that's the power. Now we, we preach not because God, not because our preaching is powerful. We preach because the gospel is powerful. Right. And so the, the, the gospel is the power of the local church. And we have got to quit, uh, putting things in our services or putting things in our activity. Sometimes churches, even good churches are just so busy and it's actually detracting, you know, from the things that they ought to be doing. God doesn't want us to just be busy for the sake of being busy. He he wants us to be about the gospel. So we proclaim the gospel and we, uh, and the, 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 the gospel is central to our services. It's also central to our relationships. Hey, we got to remember, man, God already told me, the worst thing about you, Harold, <laughs> and I, I, I saw it on Calvary. God had to crucify his son in order for you to be brought into his kingdom. So I can't be surprised if some, if you say something that might offend me. We've got to deal with that in love. And that's why church discipline, you know, in our churches and, and all these things, we could just ramble on and on and on. But I'm saying, um, I'm saying the gospel must be central. You know, we heard that tonight. The gospel must be central in the life of the church. You know, we've referenced these messages. If you want to hear them, you can log on to sermonaudio.com uh, and you can go to Lee Creek Baptist uh, Church. You can find that on Sermon Audio. There will be a, a selection. It will be Preachers of Grace Sermons 2022. You can find the sermon that Wade preached uh, last night, the sermon that Brandon preached tonight, a uh, sermon that Alan will preach tomorrow and, and many others. Um, but anyways, You're preaching tomorrow too. I am preaching tomorrow. Um, and I'm going to preach on the fellowship of the gospel. And I, since Wade's promised not to do, upload this at midnight tonight, uh, what I plan to preach on is that we need, we need doctrinal statements and denominations and those sorts of things to tell people outside the church what we believe. But our fellowship among churches shouldn't be just limited to our denomination or even to those with our own doctrinal standard, we should be able to fellowship around the central gospel. If we agree on the gospel, we should be able to work together. And that's what this conference is built on. This is the conference that chooses you. We don't advertise in the, in the Southern Baptist newspaper. We don't ad- advertise on the Fundamental Baptist Forum because it's not just fundamentalists. It's not just Southern Baptists. It's not just 1689ers. We have ABA, SBC, BMA. ABC, XYZ, but no LBGTQ. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, be careful. <laughs> I'm getting my letters together there. <laughs> but 
that's the beauty of the Lord's church. Each of these individual churches affiliated with different mission organizations, but all of them having the central gospel that unites them together and ultimately ensures they end up the universal church in the end, in heaven, all together. Each one of these, you know, we thought we could, this could probably be a whole other episode, but they're, the local church is where it's at. But there are times that local churches need to be partnering together and working together um, in communities and, you know, uh, for, for mission endeavors. Most most local churches cannot just, you know, say, I'm going to send this guy overseas and pay him and he won't have to worry about, sure. you know, so we come together and we've had missionaries here and, and those sorts of things. And so, um, no way are we, you know, it's not an either or, it's a both and. Right. You know, we, we fellowship with other and labor, you know, because we're all part, we're all on the same team. You know, mm-hmm. gospel is, uh, is, uh, is what binds us together. And so the local church, um, the local church is, is like we've already said, you know, time and again, but the local church is what is going to stand for time and eternity. Right. The efforts and the labors and the ministry done in and through the local church are going to be, uh, are going to bring much glory to, to Christ. Running out of time and both of your wives are at Brahms eating ice cream. And so I was given strict instruction not to keep either one of you late. So going to have to wrap it up here. Well, whenever you come to a situation like this, you can always ask yourself, what would Rick Warren do? Oh man. Man, it was that podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I felt bad for you. As many Rick Warren jokes have been thrown around about Southern Baptists all through this conference, you get a chance. You make your own as a Southern Baptist. Have you not seen my WWRWD bracelet? (laughs) (laughs) I know what Rick Warren would do. Pastoral ministry one-on-one. Seriously. (laughs) Whenever I think of something, I ask myself, would Rick Warren do that thing? (laughs) And And if he would. the opposite? I do not do that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, with words of wisdom from Rick Warren and Quattro, uh, we'll wrap it up with that. Wade, you got any final thoughts? Uh, other than I enjoyed it. Yeah. We don't get to do this much, even just you and I in person, but you add Alan in the mix, and it makes it even yeah. more fun. And uh, glad that you were able to join us. And uh, I will say that your check can be in the mail. <laughs> not yeah. really. Yeah. Thank you all for having me on. It really is a joy. Good. Good. Thanks for doing it. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you've listened this far, you may get a medal in heaven. I don't know if you'll get a crown, but you may get a medal of some kind, maybe a badge, maybe just a patch. I don't know what you get for enduring, enduring to the end, but thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of the Patriot Pastor Podcast. All right. You're all right. I remember that. Was that last year?